The advice and opinions expressed by the host of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Good morning and welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod and we are webcasting to you live from the Center for Autism and Related Disorders headquarters in Tarzana, California. It's Wednesday and you know that I love Wednesdays because first hour we have Dr. Doreen Grampuche for Ask Dr. Doreen and in the second hour we have Nancy Allspa-Jackson for Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy. So it's a big, big day on Wednesdays. Two of my favorite women, uh, we get to sit down and and have discussions about autism and hopefully help you get to the progress that you're looking for in your life. This entire show is meant to be interactive. We want you to participate. We want to know your thoughts, your feelings, your concerns, and your questions. So Emily is going to show you a bunch of different ways that you can participate in the show. I'll remind you while she's doing that, our homepage is autism-live.com. When you go there, there's a lot of things to do there, not the least of which is clicking on the triangle that's on the computer screen. When you do that, you'll be able to watch the live show or the most recently recorded live show. In the corner of that screen is a little icon that looks kind of like a notepad. If you click on that, that gives you a playlist of all the most recently recorded shows so you can choose the topics that you're interested in hearing about today. There are other things to do. Check out our blog. Please sign up for our newsletter. We're hooking you up with ways to save money via that newsletter. So we hope you'll take advantage of that. But also the live feature is there that allows you to ask questions in real time. So put your cursor in that box and type away, hit enter, and your question, it takes about two minutes for it to show up here on my screen. But in that way, you can be asking our experts like Dr. Grampuche your questions. It's totally free. You do not have to log in. We don't know who you are, in fact. It's completely anonymous unless you decide to tell us who you are. If there's something you want specific information for us to email it to you, please do include your email address, which we will not share with anyone else. So I mentioned before that it's time for Ask Dr. Doreen. Let's get started. Dr. Doreen Grandpichet is the Dr. Doreen is an expert in autism. Doreen Grandpichet. Dr. Grandpichet. Dr. Doreen Grandpichet. Dr. Doreen Grandpichet is a visionary in the field of autism. Now you can ask her questions on Ask Dr. Doreen. Welcome to Ask Dr. Doreen. Dr. Doreen Grampichet is here with us. First of all, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. So thrilling to have you here. For those of you who are new to the show, Dr. Grampichet is a true expert in the field of autism, been Thank working you, in this field for multiple decades. We don't really <laughs> like to say because she looks much younger than she must be, right? Uh, but truly, she is a visionary in the field of autism. She really, I, I, I always say that one of the best things about you is that you are the best at perspective 
perspective taking. You see the parent side, you see the child side, you see the therapist side, you help us all come together to make progress. I try, but I'm you not do. sure I'm always successful, but I learn a lot from, from um, especially from seeing our kids' perspective, so that teaches me a lot. Well, you do so much for all of us, for all Thank the families. We appreciate much. you so much for all the help that you've given Thank our kids so over the so years. And for being here with us. We know you're busy, but you're here to answer questions. I'm delighted. Uh, we always like to remind people at the start of the show that as brilliant as you are and as brilliant as our other mm -hmm. experts are on the show, no one can give child-specific advice. Right. It really would be an injustice to our kids if we suggested that we, in this format anybody could give child-specific or individual-specific advice. But having said that, you give us directions to look at yeah we try to guide in sort of in general and um, always please if you have a provider or um, a physician or a psychologist or a behavior analyst um, please go with their feedback first obviously but uh, but please feel free this is a forum in which you can ask a question yes, yes. Um, and get ideas and know a direction to go in so we're gonna get right into this because we got a lot of questions from you guys today okay first question my son is about to be five he's smart and makes sounds but there are no words yet we have been getting ABA 15 hours since the the law passed. He is set for kindergarten in the fall. Now I watch your show and hear 40 hours. My question, how do I do that and kindergarten? I am so happy that our show has had an effect on this family. Um, every one family that who hears to do an intensive program rather than a 15-hour program, I think we've made great, pro that's a mm -hmm. wonderful thing for us. Um, it is difficult when you have a five-year-old, obviously, because they are in school. I don't know what state you're in, um, but you can reduce school. Um, at this point, generally in, in most states, by the time you're five, it is expected that you have um, some aspect of schooling going on. Um, you, it is not expected that you do full-time. Uh, so you could, for instance, what I would suggest, and. This is uh, maybe a little bit radical if people haven't thought about it right, but the value of school, um, it, school is valuable if you can learn like all the other kids are learning, if you can receive information in the same way. And I don't think our kids do yet. Um, I think this is a child, you have a child who is able to produce sound. I would definitely uh, give the child a, an appropriate amount of time and an opportunity to try to uh, produce language sounds appropriately and to speak. So it's, it's really important to do um, intensive intervention with your child, uh, uh, you know, the earlier the better. And what I would do right now is probably um, I wouldn't shoot for 40 hours that, well actually I would shoot for 40 hours because you have the weekends as well. Um, so what I would do is I would probably have my child in school until about noon um, and then I would book all the weekend, uh, weekends and all the afternoons with one-to-one -one at home. And I think if you do that you can easily book the child from let's say four hours a day, so from one to five for instance. Mm -hmm. 
um, that'll bring you 20 hours and on the weekend you can easily do maybe another 15 hours or so easily and that'll bring you to 35 hours and perhaps you can maybe add a little bit here and there but uh, you know if you can get to 35 I think you're in a good place the other thing you might want to do which I really do highly recommend is to have a shadow in school with your child I'm not sure if your child would be ready right now yet what we do you know is let's say if I was today to start with a five-year-old in exactly the same scenario um, I would do what I'm telling you I would even drop school down to three days a week perhaps uh, three half days like a Monday Wednesday Friday type thing just so the child has some access to ch other kids um, and I would book the rest of the child's time with one-to-one -one therapy until and usually it would take me I want to make sure the child doesn't have problem behaviors that would interfere with school um, and I want to try to give the child some ability to communicate with other children and then I would have an aide go with the child to school as well. So now I'm adding, you know, automatically 15 hours just by being with the child in school. But let me reiterate that 15 hours is not as valuable as the one-to-one -one that I'm doing with the child. The shadow is extremely valuable, but not in the beginning of the program. In the beginning of the program, it's more important to do one-to-one. -one. Um, and I'm just trying to think if there's, this is such an important thing to do right. So I'm trying to think if there's anything else that, uh, you should be no, uh, doing right now you know make sure that you're try once you go up to a, a high level of intensity you should be seeing pretty rapid progress um, and or change and uh, make sure that your supervisor and your team of therapists so you know with a 40-hour program you more more likely have five therapists um, make sure they meet very very regularly with you i would say once a week maybe once every second week at, at the very least and that you get a chance to discuss progress actually see how your child is progressing go through a really well uh, ordered and cohesive curriculum so that you can keep your child moving forward this is very important if you go to a 40-hour program and your child starts rapidly changing and you're not changing programs your child will find it boring aversive they won't get into it mm -hmm. so you it becomes more important i suppose shannon to be really high quality when you do an intensive program because you need to have a lot of adequate reinforcers for the child important you know motivating reinforcers you need to have um just huge number of lessons that rotate fast you need to have very well trained therapists you need to have consistency amongst the therapists you need to have a supervisor that's on the case very uh you know completely and and observing everything so all of that is and you need to have communication with the school uh, everything. I, I, I'm really struck by, I was in a conversation with a mother the other day in sort of similar circumstances and used to be that I would I, I would sort of mamby-pamby with parents and I would say you really need to look at the studies, you really right, need to get right, between 25 right, and 40 hours right. and then I had a mom who came back to me a year later and said why didn't you kick me in the keister? Why didn't you tell me you don't have a choice? Just I, go do it right just now. Just go do it. Why didn't yeah. you tell me my kitchen was on fire? Yeah. So I, I've changed when I talk to parents. I, I get a little aggressive.
have been saying, no, you need to do this and you need to do this now. You need to look at my eyes and see that this is urgent. You're going to kick yourself. Right. And I don't want you to come back and kick me because I didn't tell you. But I was talking with a mom the other day and she said, okay, so if I do that, and kind of similar circumstances, she was saying to me in the a hierarchy of what's most important, if I'm doing the 25 to 40 hours and I, and I want to go do school and I've got OT and I've got speech, mm. how would I order them in terms of importance? And I said, well, I would put ABA first, but then in terms of school and speech and OT, is it pretty individual to the kid? Or it is, I mean, it is very individual. You know, so I, I generally recommend OT for kids who have any kind of motor or sensory type of disability. And then if they have sensory issues, of course, we're talking about SI type OT, sensory integration type OT. Um, I, I find OT to be pretty useful in, in many kids. It, it, it helps regulate them sensory-wise. Uh, speech, I recommend, it, you know, speech therapy focuses more on just the production of sound speech rather than advanced language mm -hmm. concepts like pragmatics and, and so on. So for a child like this, speech would be good. Uh, keep in mind that if you, you know, a lot of ABA is very, very similar to speech mm -hmm. therapy. Some, if you have a good speech therapist, they can teach your ABA crew a lot of stuff. I've learned a lot from very good speech therapists, for instance, who've been trained in the prompt technique or mm -hmm. other techniques that help initiate sound. Uh, we have speech therapists on staff. They guide us and advise us when we have a child who's having a hard time uh, enunciating or producing sound. So, uh, you know, that it does vary. But you're right. I, I agree with you. And I like, I love your, your, the saying, you know, why don't you tell me the kitchen is on fire? It's so true. I'm, I, I don't even want to give people a choice anymore because I look at my own uh, kids, which, you know, several thousand kids that we have in our database. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy with the pressures of, here are the pressures. Families don't have time yeah. or don't have funds. Um, even, you know, yesterday I was writing an email about military TRICARE insurance and I was really upset because I realized that there's a new demonstration program starting in July, demo pro pilot program starting with the TRICARE insurance in July and it runs through for several years. And, what the, you know, they still consider ABA to be sort of uh, up for grabs or experimental, experimental. or whatever it is. Yeah. So they're looking at it in, a, in an evaluative process. They're trying to evaluate whether or not ABA works. Meanwhile, they have, uh, you know, and the good news is it appears, it appears that the caps will be gone from TRICARE funding. But because they're, they have a co-payment system, which um, is 10% of whatever their, their overall is. So with the caps being gone, the, the copays go up. Right. So, and as it is, a lot of families reduce their hours just because they can't afford the copays. As you know, ACT Today, uh, one of our big initiatives is to help them with military copays, with families yeah. who need copay payments. But um, this is a very big deal, and I'm really concerned because when there's pressure on the family and the family cuts hours because of not having funding for just things like copay or uh, any kind of insurance related or whatever funding issues, then of course they're going to reduce hours. And then when you look at the overall result over the course of three years, the, the results are going to be bad. Yeah. And, and, then, then, yeah. and then we're going to say ABA doesn't work. Right. It's really, I, I, I always say this, it's like taking 
a quarter of a medication. So it's like a medication at 25 milligrams and you decide you want to take three milligrams. It's not going to work. Yeah. That's, it's just that simple. So, you know, I really do urge people to take it seriously. I look at my own cases here, as I was saying, and due to the financial pressures, due to the families not really understanding the importance of the intensity. I mean, it won't work without intensity. Um, due to that, due to the just scheduling factors, due to families, you know, I have families who we have like 30 hours of funding and the family only gives us 20 hours of availability. You know, so it's like, well, how am I supposed to book that? <laughs> yeah. So those factors are trickling down and our cases are getting less and less hours, which really concerns me. Yeah, it's, so a, it's like watching have, a car accident. Yeah, we have, to, we have to, to be a little bit stricter on this issue. Uh, absolutely. Uh, we're going to take a short break and then we're going to come back with more questions for Dr. Grandpache from you. So feel free to write in. We'll be right back. activist here we are at step 10 of autism empowerment I like to call this the three L's live in the now love thyself and laugh first live in the now we have to stop on occasion to remind ourselves to be present because as autism parents we're constantly planning ahead for our children's future we miss the joys of the present moment. Don't miss out on your child's childhood. Catch the joy as it flies by. Love thyself. Never beat yourself up. And forgive yourself for the things you wish you'd done or the things you think you've done wrong. No one can make you feel inferior without your consent. Eleanor Roosevelt said that. Be a good role model of self-esteem for your child. It affects them. And finally, don't forget to laugh. Despite all the trials and tribulations in this world of autism, it is still a beautiful world and often a very funny one. I try to surround myself with friends and family who make me smile and laugh every day. Heard any good jokes lately? Pass them on. Until next time, keep the faith. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Doreen. We're here with Dr. Doreen Grampache, and she's answering your questions here in the studio, and we're, we're learning a lot. I'm going to jump right in. Uh, summer has started, and somebody says, summer is here, and already my boys are fighting. Uh, my NT, my neurotypical, hates when my son on the spectrum makes noise, and he has, and he has flex issues if his neurotypical brother takes his toy. It is a massive Massive meltdown. I hate always making my neurotypical child give in, but I need to keep the peace. Help. Oh, yeah. God, I hear you. You shouldn't always get your neurotypical child to give in, first of all. I think you need to be a little bit, I mean, first I was going to say, can you get some help? Because this is, I know these situations all too well, and I assume while all this is going on, you're running errands and doing chores and doing 50 other things as well, and it's, so very, it's very, very difficult to intervene just alone. But having said that, do a couple of things just so you're fair. First of all, uh, keep track of who you uh, make give in, mm -hmm. you know, whose side do you take each day? Um, and then help both of them 
uh, in terms of being able to compromise. This is actually look at it as a good opportunity for both of them to learn. So I think you said that your child who has uh, is on the spectrum has a lot of issues with. Uh, uh, flexibility mm -hmm. and so there's a lot is that yes it says uh, especially when he takes the toy away and there's also an issue of uh, making noises yeah so that's the other side yeah so the other child that's in your typical child has an issue with noises which I would just get him a pair of headphones which he can use when the noises are bothering him um, and then the other the child who has is on the spectrum has issues because his stuff is being taken away and so that means obviously you need to teach him that the stuff will come back to him which the best way to do that is to teach your neurotypical child to like let's say take something for a period of time and you set a timer I don't know the age of the boys but you know what I find with our siblings um, a lot of times our siblings really enjoy becoming you know and this is very very important I'm, I'm always worried about siblings because I worry that they're left out they feel left out um, and one of the things I've noticed is that making the sibling part of the therapeutic team really makes it has multiple multiple f functions that are useful one is the sibling doesn't feel left out anymore they feel like they're closer to you because they're part of the team that you are part of you know and you're all working together now two is they become much more empathetic and compassionate towards their sibling versus um, you know feeling bad that they're always left out on the and the child on the spectrum gets all the attention so it mm -hmm. kind of brings the sibling in and three is they become the best therapists you have ever you could ever imagine mm -hmm. um, they learn over time I will say some of my uh, best 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 people here at card are siblings and they are just amazing at understanding the perspective of the family and the child and everything else so I would really get engaged with get your first of all I hope you have some some therapy going on and uh, typically with ABA we will happily uh, train the sibling and give them actually their own lessons to do and also we will teach them techniques for I for instance depending on the age of your child it would be awesome if the sibling could be the one that actually says I'm taking this away from you but only until the bell goes off mm -hmm. and then like actually teach the other child how to share um, and also of course the more that your sibling engages vocally and has the child on ASD spectrum vocalizing their their um, vocal uh, stereotypy will go down mm -hmm. so the sounds and noises will decrease um, physical activity will make some of those sounds and noises go down as well I mean during the physical activity the child will probably increase vocal um, and then afterwards they'll decrease it so there's some stuff like that that I think it would just the best thing would be to pull your a neurotypical child in mm -hmm. to the therapy situation and teach them a little bit more it'll help improve everything it strikes me that we all like to be empowered we yes, all like to yes. have some control over things and that by doing that it empowers that sibling Absolutely. which is a, a really cool thing that I haven't Absolutely. considered before right and I mean <clears throat> like you know you might already be in a place where the sibling is a little bit defensive because they've already 
given up a lot of time and attention and always had to be the one that gives in. So they might not be interested right now in being part of the therapy session. Mm -hmm. So, you know, again, depending on the uh, age of the child, make it a job. Pay your, the sibling. There you go. Start by paying them. Give them a dollar or something for every half hour or whatever they do. Make it something or explain to the sibling that you need help. They're helping you. You know, and start by just very little things, like you make food, uh, have the sibling give it to the child, or something where you engage the sibling in that way. It's very important stuff. Uh, remarkable. I, I love that answer. Now, I love this next question uh, because uh, I've, I, I, we, I've been meeting with a bunch of therapists, and so we have a question from a therapist. And mm -hmm. I was saying to them that they have this forum in which to ask questions. So they wrote in, I'm a new therapist. I have a mom who says she wants to work on play dates, but every session that we schedule for a play date, she cancels or comes up with an excuse. What can I do to get this mom on board with doing a play date? Is that not a great question? It is a great question. I love it. So it's, it's kind of hard for our therapists. I mean, I was there. I'm in a different world now, but I was there where I was a very young therapist and I couldn't understand why uh, things weren't perfect in terms of, uh, you know, make time, allow me to come do my thing, you always be there, all that sort of stuff. So I need to help you as a therapist, and this will help you in life. Um, have more theory of mind, have the ability to see things from the mom's perspective first, and then we will behaviorally help shape the mom's behavior. But first, <laughs> you need to have mom's perspective. And mom's perspective is, the, this, I don't know how the child involved is, but most moms with children on the spectrum I never, never actually go back to sleeping properly. <laughs> you know, at some point, it's, it's true. It's, it's like when I, you have a newborn, typical develop, typically developing newborn. After a year or so, you're back to sleeping. With kids on the spectrum, this could go on for five years, ten years, whatever. Like, so most moms who have a child on the spectrum are wiped out. They're exhausted. Secondly, um, they are scared because there's a billion things going on that, and they don't know if their child will actually ever make it, come out of it, how are they gonna, uh, how's the child gonna survive after I'm gone? Things that are beyond the scope of our understanding, fears that, that, it, that are very real and exist. The third thing is, um, automatically mom suddenly becomes the one that's responsible for everything and you know everyone else fall, just falls behind and it's like mom has to make the decisions that have to do with doctors, treatments, uh, schools, um, you name it, it all falls on mom's shoulders and it's very very hard. Um, you know, having said that, there are very involved dads as well. I don't want to take away from that. In general, for parents, it just becomes overwhelming. You're in a world that you don't know much about, and yet you're the captain of the ship. It's, it's a very scary thing. Um, so, and you're dealing with daily stuff. You go to a restaurant and the child tantrums and throws something at someone sitting next to you, and everybody's looking at you all the time, and you name it. it it's, it's a world that will take a long time for a therapist to, to be able to grasp. 
I still, I, I, I've seen thousands of kids and I still have no idea because I can walk out, it's like grandparents versus parents. Mm -hmm. You know, I can walk out of a three hour clinic with a family who has three children all screaming at the same time. Yeah. But that mom can't, yeah. you know, so I often focus my attention on mom first and I would suggest that to you. I would suggest that you first understand that if there's cancellations, there could be very real issues that are coming up where mom has to deal with those things. Um, if it's pretty clear that she's um, canceling because she's hesitant, then discuss that with her and ask her why she's hesitant and try to deal with the fears that relate to that. In other words, she could actually be afraid because she thinks it's going to fail. She's going to be embarrassed with the other family. Uh, her child might hurt the other child. Who knows? But bring it up. See, this is the thing that's really important, I think, in terms of becoming a good clinician. You're on, you, you and the parent, it's not like, you know, when we're trained as psychologists, we are trained to be to see things that the patient doesn't see or understand ever. For instance, you know, you learn to um, identify signs of, let's say, anxiety. Uh, you know, a patient who does things, like let's say, um, you know, uh, orders things, lines up, organizes, whatever, checks, all these types of things, may not be aware that these are all signs of anxiety. You as a clinician are trained to, to notice those things, reflect them to the patient, to the person who's having anxiety and then help them learn from that. In autism it's a little bit different because we as clinicians also have entered this world where more likely parents know a lot more. You know, they know so much about their child uh, that you don't know as a clinician. And it's important that the, the team, the therapy is conducted by a team, by you and the child and the parent. And not just you as the clinician, whether you're a BCBA or just a beginning therapist or a psychologist or whatever it might be. We have a lot in this field. We still have a lot to learn and we have to hear the parent. You're not doing direct intervention. You're also working with the parents and the family. So their issues become part of your issues. You want access to the child. You gotta understand the parents' fears about that as well and you have to deal with that. If you, it's hard to say this as a licensed clinician, but if you think of the parent as a, as a team member, as a friend, as someone who's you're trying, you're there, you you have the same goals. Trust me. Do you think this parent doesn't want their child to be successful in playing? No, they want it way more than you do. There's something that is either there's actual just stuff happening, or there's something that's causing them to hesitate. So address those issues and and think of the parent as I always tell my staff. Think of them as your sisters, as your brothers. These are this is your family. You have to teach them and and guide them and be gentle and understanding. I, I just want to say how much I adore you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'm a little speechless, but uh, this, I started the show by saying you're so good at perspective taking and you're, you know, singing my song here yeah, in terms of all those different things. I mean, I was that parent yeah. who was in avoidance. And, um, you know, and when I, all the things you were listing and I was thinking about all those things, but on top of that, can I tell you part of my hesitation was that uh, going to play dates, I was always concerned about how the other family was going to treat the therapist. Oh. Sometimes that was 
enough to make me be like, because eh. they, my, the people that I considered friends, not always friends anymore, weren't always nice to my team. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I completely hear you. That's so interesting, Shannon. It's, I, I, um, I knew someone um, who was the same way in terms of some people just um, are don't have the ability to be as as uh, cordial to someone who's young, let's say, or who's, uh, you know, socioeconomically lower or something like that. I've yeah. seen people be very rude to therapists. I've seen that and, as well. I understand that. And, I, you know, it was hard for me yes. to, to put our therapists into that because you position. valued them so much and yeah I mean it sounds I mean it sounds a little weird to me now because I think well, why didn't I just say to those people hey mm -hmm. you know but every like I had enough other things to deal with that I really sure. kind of didn't want to go to that awkward thing so I just would go into avoidance yes, yes I've always said I can become the amazing paralyzed woman <laughs> give me something difficult to, ah, I get it, present. though. I totally get it. I understand what you're saying, and that's very nice of you to have been that protective or so concerned for the therapist. Like I said, there's a million things. We don't know what's yeah. causing the hesitation. And it's not always rational, but yes. it's still there, and if it's, if it's causing the thing not to happen. But I love what you're saying about how we, we do want the same thing exactly. Yeah, and, you know, let's just analyze this for a second because this is the other side, which is the behavior behaviorist side and the behaviorist side even if you look at it behaviorally you know you need to analyze all the antecedents and consequences here right mm -hmm. so for instance in this particular scenario you are now thinking of a parent who has some sort of hesitation let's assume those you in order to change that parent's behavior you have to decide you have to identify what the antecedents, the consequences. So what are the antecedents? The antecedents are all these things that Shannon said. Apprehension about failure, apprehension about my therapist being embarrassed, apprehension about my kids growing up, whatever it is. Yeah. And and also, you know, what are what the consequence that is currently in place, obviously, is that I'm able to avoid uh, this uh, the worst thing happening mm -hmm. by just canceling session so you need to alter those antecedents and those consequences and and make sure that the parent feels very very secure in their decision and then of course very rewarded by by making sure the session is successful it's great great advice yes, it's hard for We're so thrilled that you're here to uh, help us with these things really because it helps all of us to take a step back and take a look at it and then we can get back to the progress which is right, really what right. we're all trying to do absolutely uh, remarkable absolutely. all right we're going to take a short break and then we're going to be back with more of your questions for dr doreen grandpache during ask dr doreen stick with us hi i'm lisa akron with taka and we're here with taka facts the most common questions and answers needed for the autism journey real life questions real life answers often i'll be talking to a parent that has a child that may be a little bit older over 10 maybe 15 16 20 years old and they look at me when i ask questions about what their what their issues are and what's going on oh i've been there done that i've done all that already I just want to let you know I've been 14 years in this autism journey and there's no way that I've done everything yet for my kid. My list is still long and until there's nothing left on that list or the autism issues are very small, I'll keep working. So let me reassure you, I have yet to meet the family who's done everything. I'm sure you've done a tremendous amount of work and I do not want to diminish that. But one thing you need to know is there's always reformulations and as I said in a previous talk of fact 
Since 2005, there's been more research on autism treatments than all previous years combined. That includes therapeutics, that includes medical intervention, that includes dietary intervention. So often, it's good time to relook and reevaluate at something you maybe have tried before, but there may be a new formulation. So you want to get connected with TACA, and we can tell you about some of those exciting things. So there's a TACA fact for you. Um, more questions and answers for your autism journey, and I look forward to seeing you next time. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Doreen. We're here with Dr. Doreen Grampichet. She is an expert in the field of autism and really a visionary in the field of autism. She's a answering your questions that you guys are writing in. It's such a pleasure to be Thank here with you. both you and with your questions. I am just learning so much today. So uh, we've got a couple of questions about RBT, the Registered Behavioral Training. Mm -hmm. um, what is the difference between RBT and the parent training in IBT? Uh, okay, um, great question. Mm -hmm. <laughs> RBT has a specific, okay, so uh, be cautious about how I respond to this because I'm very opinionated about how good our parent training on IBT is. Okay. So on IBT, we have a whole series of modules that we produce for parents and they're, I think what a parent should see, they're interesting and they're informative and they're on different subjects and they're much, many, many, many more there in that library than, than uh, what you would get as an RBT. Um, the RBT training, if you go on the IBT website, there is an RBT training, specific training that qualifies you to, to take the, to become an RBT. The process, and you know, forgive me, I keep reviewing this with IBT and they tell me and then I forget all the details, but I'll tell you in general what the process is. It's 40 hours of training of, of class time that has to be provided by a BCBA. And the 40 hours are specific things that are listed in their agenda. So for instance, um, you know, advanced prompting and shaping, that sort of thing. And in my opinion, the, the, it's a little bit, the scope is narrow, uh, but it's extremely detailed. Okay. Uh, whereas the, RBT, the IBT overall parent section mm -hmm. is much broader. And some of them are still detailed, but there's a lot more there. Anyway, so to become an RBT, you do 40 hours, the specific areas that they want you to do. Okay. And then um, after that, you are assessed. And the assessment is something that's produced by the BCBA who's training you. And it's a very specific assessment that has X number of questions based on those. It's very rigid, uh, rigid the whole process. And then if you are, and the assessment also involves actual work, um, seeing you work. And then after that, I think it's uh, two hours a month of mentorship. Um, which helps you maintain the RBT uh, certificate. And okay. that's all it is. That really is what it is. I mean, there's a test, which is part of the assessment process. So it's like initial, you know, it's a test assessment type thing. So would it be fair to say that if you're just looking for information because you want to work with your own child? Yes, it would be better to go to IBT. And do the parent training. Yeah, I think so. And pick and choose what I would, I would fits. start with that. If okay. you're able to do both, I'd definitely start with looking at the array of choices you have on, on the IBT site okay because you know as a parent I might want to know something like how do I use visual modifications to teach my child that's not part of RBT training okay okay uh, or you might want to know something like 
uh, I don't know, how, how do I, what do I do with summer programs or summer uh -huh. school, whatever. None of that is part of, the RBT program is very, very, uh, you know, focused on the, the basic components of ABA treatment. Okay, but if I'm a parent who wants to work with my child but also is looking towards having more of a career, like I, I want to be able, I, I'm looking for a job and I want to be able to be an aide in a classroom or... Then I'm, I would do RBT. So do RBT Actually, yes, and maybe would, supplement with some yes, of the individual things yes, from the parent training yes, so that you're getting yes. the full... Because what happens with the RBT is that you get a certification yes. that would enable you to get in the door and be working with other kids on the spectrum as well as your child. That's exactly correct. Okay. Of course, with our trainings, you get a certification certificate for each one. But with RBT, yes, you get a recognized license, uh, certificate, I guess. You know, and I expect, and this is what we're telling our own staff, because we've already started training our own staff uh, for this. And, uh, you know, and here's the thing. It's like a lot of our staff have already had this training. Obviously, they're working here as therapists. Right. But RBT only allows, um, let's say I have a therapist who's worked here five years. Uh -huh. So they're a very good therapist. They're going to have to go back and take all this class time because the RBT says the class time has to have been done in the last 90 days. It's so ridiculous. It's little stuff like that. So, but anyway, um, and it has to be these specific subjects, which is weird because, like, hey, this is someone who's been doing therapy for five right. years, you know? Right. Anyway, so um, what I was going to say, though, is that I really, really, it's an easy, just think about 40 hours. It's yeah. so easy to do. Yeah. I really, really recommend that you do it yeah. as a parent and get your RBT credential as well as use the stuff on IBT. Um, and... I have to ask Cecilia, who's in charge of IBT, if how much we can spread it out. Because for parents, it might be very nice if we did evening, uh, just evening, like two hours every evening until uh -huh. it added up to 40. Yeah. That would be probably the best way to do it for parents. My understanding is that you can space it out however you, you want. choose. Yes, well, right now a lot of it is uh, online. Yeah. So, yes, you could, but... It all has to be done within a certain time frame. Yeah, 90 days. 90 days? Yeah. That's what I've heard anyway, is that you've got right. to figure out how to do it within 90 days. And so we, I think our material might be even up on the website already for RBT training. Oh, yeah. It's all. It's all but please know that the board is not ready yet. Okay. The BACB has not produced the mechanism for you to pay your $50 and actually become RBT yet. Okay. So you can go through all our stuff, and we as an approved provider will let the board know that okay. you finished and that you passed, but they're just not ready yet. They've okay. told us that they'll be ready over the summer. Okay. So we'll see. Good to know. Well, that's definitely within 90 days. So yeah. uh, I know I, I, I'm going to do the RBT, and I just have been waiting because I've only got 90 days, and I knew we had the end of school stuff yes, and yes. Jem's birthday, and yes. I, so I've been waiting to have so I can start <laughs> have right, my 90-day right. one. I don't want a false start. Uh, but there's a follow-up to that. If I'm a parent and I do RBT training, do I need to do hours with a kid other than my own? And because uh, is the assessment with yeah uh, it's with children I don't think so I actually remember asking this question and I think you can uh, I'm not sure I shouldn't answer this because okay. you know from an ethical perspective I think it would be more appropriate for you to do hours with another child just for the assessment portion 
but I don't know. I don't know what the board has decided. The BACB often has decisions that are different than what, how I would decide because I'm a licensed psychologist. But, uh, you know, Cecilia Knight will be able to answer this question really easily. She's in charge of, she's the director of IBT. I'm pretty sure they have a frequently asked questions section on IBT. Okay. I'm not sure. If anything, please uh, just call IBT. Yeah, absolutely. And they'll ask you, and they'll answer these questions for you. Because their other question was, how do I do those hours? And that's a great question for Cecilia Knight at IBT as well. I'm sure that so, they can help you to so figure that out. For us, because we have kids everywhere, we can provide that for you. Okay. I don't know who else is authorized yet to, to provide the RBT thing. All right. Well, definitely check out ibehavioraltraining.com. Uh, I, I, I'm thinking of putting together a study group. We can all do RBT together. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just love it. I don't know how to motivate our parents. We had a lot of interest in it, but I don't know if parents will actually follow through. And I really, really, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to work with, um, like there has to be some, with funding agency, there has to be some sort of incentive for parents. I have to talk to Dr. Youngbauer and see if he would be willing to do something. I feel like if parents uh, receive some just sort of like a, a break from the regional center, you know, some yeah. sort of funding incentive, something uh, it, that benefits them, kind of like when you, you know, for a psychologist, if you take certain classes every year, it reduces your insurance cover, pay, yeah. Pay, yeah. premium. Something like that would be so awesome. That's very ABA thinking. It is. I, mean, I, I, w I wish the insurance companies would, for instance, say, hey, if you've taken these courses, your co-pays will cut in half. Yeah. Imagine how cool that would be. Well, because honestly, when you think about it, if the parents are trained, we, yes, we will yes. get to buy in that much quicker, which yes. means so many more hours will happen than the hours that the therapists are there. Exactly. I think there would be a huge benefit That's for right. insurance That's companies. Right. Exactly. Uh, contact and other days when he can and I find it interesting the can't that's a yeah. very interesting thing for me as a parent there there are times when I ask myself can he do it and it's difficult are there things that he just can't do in this moment in time so I appreciate the, mm. the phrase here can't is it that this child can't make eye, to eye contact no. or it's just more difficult on that day it's extremely difficult on that day okay um, because he's able to make eye contact on other days okay there are some children whose ability to focus or track is so uh, disturbed and damaged that it is extremely difficult for them to make eye contact but and then there are kids who avoid eye contact simply because they don't want to have additional demands placed on them. All There's right. a lot of reasons. But um, the in this particular case, I guess the best way to think about it, you know, I'm, not, I'm answering this just from experience and not necessarily from anything scientific or, and obviously I could be wrong because I haven't experienced this myself, but the way that I see it, is that the, our kids have a lower uh, tolerance threshold for sensory input. So for instance, just like you know, years ago they used to say kids with autism have a very high pain threshold, so like they can experience pain and they don't feel it as much as we do. I'm not sure if that was ever true, but I think I, I would be very, and I think a lot of parents would agree with me, or a lot of people would agree with me that they have a lower sensory threshold. That means, I could be sitting here with you right now and there's a huge light flat right in front of my face, right, in order for this to work. 
it doesn't really bother me all that much. I notice it, but it's peripheral and it doesn't bother me. With our kids, that becomes an extremely intrusive sensory input. Okay. So, and that holds true for everything else, you know, like uh, you and I may hear like a phone buzzing or something. Mm -hmm. And with our kids, it would be completely distracting because it's the... It's just many reasons. One is it comes across to them sharper, harder, louder, etc. And the other is they have a very hard time transitioning. Mm -hmm. That's set shifting in their brain. So once they hear that, they're stuck on that. There's a lot of different reasons. But anyway, when you have a lower tolerance for sensory input, uh, you you get overloaded faster, right? So in other words, you, you know, this is really bothering me and that sound is really bothering me and everything is just so intrusive today and man, I'm gonna shut down. Mm -hmm. So the child has the, has the, the likelihood increases that the child would wanna avoid more than it would for any, anyone else. It's kind of like if you're prone to migraines, let's say, mm -hmm. and there are certain stimuli that set you off, I don't know, coffee, I don't know, wine, whatever people say that set you off for migraines. And then you become very, you, once the migraine is there, you just shut off. Yeah. It's, can you have a conversation with someone during a migraine? Yes, you can, but it'll torture you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just a lot harder. So you try to take care of yourself by going to a quiet area and laying down. And I think a lot of times with our kids, it's just a natural reaction. They're shutting off. They're shutting off additional inputs because they need a break that day. Interesting. I, you know, while you were talking about uh, the inability to, uh, you know, not focus on something like the phone ringing, I was thinking about because you know we do jargon of the day on Tuesdays and right, Thursdays, right. and I was realizing that we don't. One of the jargon terms we haven't used is inhibition, right. and this was one of the ones that was confusing to me from the beginning because it's one of those words that we use in our regular lives in a completely different way. So the first time I saw right. in skills that there was a, a section on inhibition. Mm -hmm. I thought it was about kids taking off their clothes and being uninhibited, right? Oh, I see. I, I see. totally misunderstood, but there's a whole section in skills that teaches our kids how to have a filter to not pay attention to the light, right. to not pay attention to the right. phone ring, to right. not focus right. on the clock it's in the classroom. It's inhibiting, the original literature comes from inhibiting your response to a potent stimulus. There we go. So something that really you want to respond to, you inhibit yourself from it. So just so that you know, there are lessons and skills about that to help strengthen that muscle, if you will, Absolutely. in your child, but it's, they're under inhibition. Yes. And you might not have like thought to go to that set of lessons because right. like me you might have thought inhibition meant something else entirely. Right, right. Uh, so that's exactly what Dr. Grampuchet was talking about. Okay, uh, we're almost out of time, um, but a question about uh, a teenage daughter. Uh, the mom says, my daughter has started her period mm -hmm. and is having lots of issues, pain, obsession with, and playing in the blood, smearing, smearing it on walls. I am horrified and exhausted. She's 14 and nonverbal. I know, it's so hard. Oh my gosh, it's so tough. Uh, please try to uh, get help. This is not an easy thing. I remember the first girl that I did worked with who had these issues at 13 or so. Uh, first of all, please uh, take care of all the things you can take care of. In other words, make sure your child is taking some sort of medication, like Midol or whatever it might help your child with, with regards to cramps, first thing. Um, and uh, try to teach your child uh, hygiene issues like how to use feminine products and so on and so forth. 
And then I think if you're exhausted, you really will need uh, some support or help. This is a short-term intervention. You should be easily funded, depending on where you are. But it is something that can be taught to your child. It's a hygiene issue, so it's actually kind of important that it will be funded by, like if you're in California, a regional center will fund that. Uh, if you're anywhere where there's insurance, this is an issue that will be funded. And essentially, it is, uh, it's a training procedure. It's a shaping of teaching the child, first of all, that this is, uh, you know, we, for lack of a better uh, I guess adjective, we, we teach our kids not to touch the blood because it is not hygienic or clean mm -hmm. for the child. And uh, then, you know, you replace it with other things that have the same sensory capacity, like finger paint or have other types of sensory input that might give the same uh, thing. Uh, first thing of all, uh, most important is to reduce her pain and discomfort. So please take care of that and then really uh, get a behaviorist yeah. in there because the process of teaching your child to not just use the products appropriately, but then also not to play with and smear on the wall and all this sort of stuff is it's sort of a it's short term, but it involves a series of steps that are a little bit hard. And uh, I would really suggest you do it ASAP because okay. this can get it can become an ingrained habit. Okay. Um, so get help. God, I wish you were part of our card family because you know we have a group of people who help with these things. You can call the 800 number and see yes. if that's a possibility for you. We're unfortunately way out of time. Okay. Dr. Grampiche, thank you so much for Always being here pleasure. with us. Always a pleasure. And we're going to take a break, uh, go to the A word, and then we'll be back with Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy. So stick with us. Here is the A word. Yeah, it is. It is hard. 
But it's also like rewarding too. Come here. Why are you this? No, come here. Baba, look at this. Yay! Hi, mister. Hi, mister. Give me jumping. Good job. What is it? Jumping. Jumping. You're so smart. Give me jumping. Nice job. What is it? Jumping. Jumping. One more sticker. Are you ready? So when you're teaching a new label, you start off with just the Just the field of one so that it's isolated and he knows that, you know, this is the only thing that we're looking for. So that when we throw them into the, the ones that he already knows or even with ones that he doesn't know, we can be able to see if he can discriminate that these pictures are jumping versus the other one. So that's when the true test is, you know, does he know what the picture of jumping looks like? So then after this, I'm going to um, throw it in the field of unknown pictures to see if he can even discriminate. And after he knows that, then I'll throw it in with the actions that he's already mastered. Give me sleeping. Rock on, good job, what is it? Sweet, sweet, nice. All right, Jack. Let's go outside, okay? I say. All right. Let's go. Oh, thanks, buddy. Oh, you're just always so cute. In part 21, we learned that Jack Riley requests regularly now. Because of this, they are now introducing a new skill that will build from what he has already learned, waiting. First, it will only be for two seconds. And once he gets the idea, they will increase the time slowly. Do you want an E or a Y? Wait. 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 No. Wait. you love that. Uh, I love when we celebrate those moments with our kids when they're when they start to get it and that grin on his face. Could you just smush that face? Oh, it's so cute. A uh, couple of quick pro programming notes. We got a lot of questions that came in this morning and I want you to know that we are going to get to a bunch more of them uh, tomorrow on the show. We're going to have Dr. Jonathan Tarbox and we're also going to have Dr. Adele Nadowski. So we're going to be answering some of these questions that you guys have sent in. Uh, we were having a little bit of a problem uh, the last uh, day and a half of getting live uh, questions in the studio. So we fixed that now, we think, and we'll be able to address some of those uh, more recent questions that came in uh, tomorrow. But I uh, also want to let you know that we will not be having a show next week because it's the 4th of July and because Dr. Doreen Grandpache is off to get married. And we wish her and her future husband all of the best and all of the great happiness. So Ask Dr. Doreen will be back the week after next. She will be back. 
back then. So, uh, and a newlywed. So very exciting. But uh, again, don't forget that tomorrow, Dr. Del Nadowski will be with us, as will Dr. Jonathan Tarbox, and they'll be answering some of the questions that you guys have written in. Uh, in just a few minutes, we have coming up, Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy. Our very special guest that we have back with us today is lifestyle editor Susan Campbell Cross. She's got five tips for us that can help us to get through summer and enjoy it. I want to get through summer and be sane. And on top of that, we're going to be sharing some in the news and some really incredible recipes with you. So all of that and much more. Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy coming up in just a few minutes after these messages. Stick with us. When you find out you're having a boy, you always think like, oh, he's going to play football. He's going to do this and that. And then when he's diagnosed, all those things get washed away. It's like that piece that's always in the back of your mind, you know, where is he, what is he doing, is he safe? We really didn't know what we were dealing with. I wish that they could have directed me a little bit more and provided me some information. I was a young mom. I didn't know what it was like to raise a boy despite a boy with autism. Hundreds of thousands of families are not getting the help they need for their children with autism all around the country. Act Today is determined to bridge the gap. These families really have to go through a lot to get a grant. The application process isn't easy. The records, the diagnosis proof, they're really battling for their kids. So when we can give them a grant, it is so wonderful to see that they succeed in getting that help for their children. Our founder, Dr. Doreen Grampichet, is an amazing woman, and she is one of the world's foremost authority on behavior of children with autism. She's extremely knowledgeable, and she oversees every single grant we give. She is part of that process. People may think of autism care and treatment as simply schooling or therapy, but you know, we provide important safety supports, things like fencing, for example. The whole family's living in fear of that child running out into traffic. I recently delivered an iPad to a little boy with some of the apps that are out there for children with autism. Miracles happen. I got the iPad from ACT. From ACT, What yeah. did it say? Can you repeat that, Dustin? I got the iPad from that. We have helped so many military families. And when I think of these brave families that are fighting two battles, one to protect our country and one for the right treatment and care for their children, it, it breaks my heart. And I think we have to do more as a nation to help them. There's not a day that doesn't go by that we don't think about it. Some people say, oh, he's normal. You don't see the battles that I see every single day. My husband does have to deploy, and when they get on that bus, that might be the last time that my kids ever see them. So I called, and then they informed me that he had received the grant, which was like a blessing from above. I was just like speechless. I just started to cry because, you know, without it, we would, we would have been lost. The AT grant was a total miracle, and without that, they wouldn't be able to receive a service dog, so we're so appreciative what they've done for us as a family. 
Recently, ACT Today funded a program for military children with autism in San Diego, the Inclusion Films program, which is run by Joey Travolta, and teaches uh, kids on the autism spectrum literal filmmaking skills. They learn how to make a movie. Are we ready? There you go, got it. Okay. Everything that goes into the process of making a film goes into everyday life. So they're learning life skills, they're learning to collaborate. It was really nice to know how much they were enjoying this camp and they're with people who are supporting them and are making them feel great about themselves and their differences and their similarities. And I get two kids that are working together and apart and together and apart, so it's an interrelationship as well as a camp and a learning experience. It's so fulfilling when I get letters. One stands out for me, a, a boy who was 14 with Asperger's, and we gave him a grant to go to a drama camp. He wrote to us and said, Dear Act Today, thank you for letting me belong for the first time in my life. These kids are remarkable. You know, we underestimate them. They're so knowledgeable, they're so capable, and we can change the life of a family, which means changing the life of a community. We on? Yes. Okay, I didn't hear. Oh, I'm sorry. I was saying we were starting. I, I thought you were. I thought I you were hearing. I didn't hear Emily. Well, I can't hear Emily for okay. some reason. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy. I'm Shannon. I'm Nancy. <laughs> Clearly, and, and we're here. Not ready. I didn't know we were on. <laughs> sorry. Okay, that's all right. We're just getting ready here. Here we are. So lots to talk about today. You want to delve right in? Yeah, let's delve right into okay. in the news yes. here. Because okay. uh, we have a wonderful guest, and I mentioned that just a few minutes ago. Right. Susan Campbell Cross is going to be with us in the next segment. She's our lifestyle expert. Amazing. And, and help um, us with summer. Right. She, we're going to summer tips, and we're yes. going to talk about all kinds of things, ways to maintain your sanity, and we're going to have yes. some new recipes and all of that. It's wonderful. Okay. But let's start talking about some in the news, because one of the biggest stories that was everywhere this week was uh, new information about pesticides and pregnant women and that the closer you live to certain pesticides that your risk of having a child with autism spectrum goes through the roof right um, and you know yeah. what's interesting to me is a lot of time these studies come out and they'll say oh well we need further testing we need mm -hmm. further testing but immediately it seemed like everybody was on the bandwagon saying how important it is to lower your pesticide load if you're pregnant or about to become pregnant right and uh, in fact it, where it, pregnant women who live near an agricultural land where pesticides are applied have a 60% higher risk of giving birth to children with autism or other developmental delays. They looked at three classes of common pesticides. I can't pronounce any of them. Organophosphates. It's organophosphate is the one that I know okay. quite well. Pyrothroids. I think you're good. And carbamates. So there we have it. But um, And these kinds of things, people need to know, exist in weed killers that you can buy at Home Depot. Like you could be spraying your own grass uh, with, the, you know, the vast majority of things that you're buying to do that kind of thing. So you might want to start digging up your dandelions instead of spraying them with that handy dandelion. I don't want to say the brand name, uh, but that thing that's very popular has organophosphates in it. Right. Uh, and going to farmer's markets, finding out what's organic. Yes, buying. and spraying your food if it's not organic with a um, one of those, those washes yeah one of those washes I, 
but I gotta say, for me, like I think that's great because that's the outside, and they tell you to peel things too. But yeah. but we know that it can seep into the middle as well. That's so correct. if you can be organic, and I always uh, like to look at the clean fifteen and the dirty dozen to guide my choices when I'm choosing between organic and non-organic produce. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, really I'm looking here at um, Dr. Manny, who's on Fox yes. News, and uh, Dr. Grandpa Shea and I have been on with him on occasion. Yes. Um, he further comments on this, and he says, now critics may say, Dr. Minnie, chemicals have been around for years. He said, I would plainly disagree with that. Over the past 25 years, there's been an explosion in industrial globalization. On top of that, the substantial growth of the human population has increased, created an increased demand for food that is cheap, but also in perfect and pristine condition. When you go to the supermarket in the U.S. and look at the produce section, you see a rainbow of colors and unnaturally supersized fruits and vegetables. Sometimes they look like wax figures. If you go to the poultry section, you see chickens that are as big as Arnold Schwarzenegger. These are massively perfectly formed foods that don't spread up nat naturally. They exist because of chemicals. Pesticides allow vegetables to grow to mammoth proportions, while hormones and antibiotics pump up poultry to supernatural sizes. So he goes on to say that this is a very, very important factor and that now we know at least one of the factors Absolutely. in environmental is pesticides. And we also know that pollution is a factor as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. And just to drive it home, uh, one of the quotes that we have from UC Davis says that this is actually the third study that shows some link with organophosphates and autism risks. Okay. So it's not the first study of its kind. I think we all need to pay attention. Yeah. And hopefully corporations will pay attention too. We're seeing more and more organic things on the market. Yes. Let's keep that so going. So pesticides and air pollution are two environmental Environmental risks that are now definitively yes. linked to autism. There we go. Okay. So we have to lower our exposure. So, uh, Which good, big study the, coming yeah. out that yeah. really confirms what um, I think the CDC, the last numbers when the numbers rose mm -hmm. um, with one in 68. And the fastest growing population was Hispanics followed by African Americans. Well, a new study came out that says autism rates higher among certain immigrants and minorities. Condition was long to believe more prevalent among white children in the U.S. Um, this was in um, a new study of births in highly diverse Los Angeles County, um, suggests that mothers who immigrated from certain countries are particularly at risk for autism now. Children of foreign-born mothers who are black, Central or South American, Vietnamese or Filipino were more likely to be diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder than those of white born mothers. Yeah, well, doesn't that uh, just make you feel good about the fact that ACT Today is doing so much to support these underserved populations? That... Yeah, it, it really does. Um, I think it points to why we are doing ACT Espanol. People mm -hmm. say, well, why ACT Espanol? Why ACT Today for military families? And what I try to point out is the disparity on treatment and late age of diagnosis yeah. for these segments of the population. And... Um, it's it's very disturbing when you look at these numbers and realize that not only are there higher rates uh, 
appearing among among these demographics, but also the access to treatment and care yeah. is at a very, very subsistence level. So uh, we've made a commitment to expand Act Espanol next year. Uh, we are going in to meet with our friend, Senator Kevin DeLeon, the new president pro tem of the Senate. Yes. Um, in July to talk to him about uh, ways that we can look at legislation to help families. And our intention is to do our Autismo y Familia conferences, uh, our Spanish-speaking conferences that we present all in Spanish. Mm -hmm. Our intention for next year is to do a minimum of four of them. So um, stay tuned for more on that. And Autism Live would like to participate and potentially we'd like to talk to you guys about maybe webcasting one of those conferences. Okay, great. So we'd love to do uh, that. Make it, make it global. And we always talk to you about what's happening in California because that's where we are. And also California leads the nation and sometimes yeah. the world. As this you always say, important. as California goes, so goes it's the, the nation world. And so goes the and world. we have had some issues in California, some budget issues, mm -hmm. some funding that was there and funding that went away. Mm -hmm. We've been talking for quite a while about the Medicare and the Medi-Cal uh, that allowed for early start and allowed for young children to get benefits. Right. Um, and that was taken away about a year ago. We had families who were actually starting in programs that got their programs defunded. We are still trying to get the ABA for Medi-Cal funded, but we're happy to report that for the first time this week, we are hearing that the regional center will be starting their early start programs that will be funded again starting in January. So this is very exciting. We understand that Governor Brown signed the budget. Kudos it was to included in the budget. We're still looking to solve that Medi-Cal portion for those kids who need ABA. But at least this is something. And we want to thank our wonderful governor yes, for seeing the light for seeing the on light. this portion. And I also want to uh, give a big shout out to uh, Daryl Steinberg, Absolutely. who is turning out, and Senator Leon is, is coming in to take his place. But Daryl Steinberg, who has been such a champion of our population, our autism population, and everybody should be aware of that. Absolutely. So this is good news. It's not, you know, we need more, but we're moving in the right direction. And, and there was a big story this morning that came out, or last night was mm -hmm. it? I'm trying to find it on my iPad. I've got it right here. Okay, about, you've got it. Uh, Kara, um, it, which is coming up for a vote. Uh, it's marched ahead in Congress. It's got a new name. Okay. Uh, we've been calling this the Combating Autism Act. Right. Um, and they have now renamed it. Uh, it is the Autism Collaboration Accountability Research Education and Support Act. Okay. And so it is moving ahead. Um, we will be keeping you guys posted about where you can send your letters to make sure that it clears both the Senate and the House so that we can get this bill signed into action and continue those benefits. Millions and billions of dollars of support that we need in the autism community. We know statistically that more children are diagnosed with autism than pediatric cancer, AIDS, and diabetes combined, and yet the funding the comparative funding is really, the disparity is insane, how different uh, autism is funded and those other things. We're not saying those other things are less important, mm -hmm. right? But we're saying that there needs to be some equality in these things. And the the CARA Act certainly helps to get us on the board towards that. Right. So stay tuned. So far, so good. Stay tuned on that. 
Um, and sadly, another drowning. Yes, we've had another drowning. Yes, Coffin and, you know, County, Texas. And I and I don't know about you. Like every time we have to cover one of these things, it's like I almost don't want to tell you guys. I know, but we have to say it. Right. We have to say it because if there's one of you out there who can make a difference in your life today, make sure that a pool is locked up. Make sure that your child is safe. That you're moving towards being able to, you know, know that your child won't elope, but you've got a long ways to go. Do what you need to do so that we don't have to report another story. Yeah. And we understand many times the parents, we, we don't want to put the blame on the parents. Not That's at all. something we, but clearly with, I think the, I don't know the exact percentages, but it was something astoundingly high that children with autism under the age, some, under the age of eight, something like 70% wander, elope, or escape. Yeah. And I know we both had sons who did yeah. this yeah. and have learned not to do it anymore through some in very intensive behavioral yes, training. Yes, it took a while. It took a while, but um, we act today as an in the process of working with a tracking company to offer tracking devices to our families, so stay tuned on that. Yeah. We also do give grants for fencing. Uh, you know, we have a huge list of families right now awaiting grants, so I can't promise anything, but if you're in desperate need of a fence, you have a child that has a history of eloping, please go to our website, act-day.org, get on the list for uh, asking for a fence and a tracking device. There we need go. to do both. So It's uh, amazing to think that this five-year-old boy went missing from his home and an hour later was found drowned in a pond nearby. Too many uh, deaths. Too many deaths due to this, and we've uh, got to put a stop to it. But we will continue it. telling you about them because you need to know it's a huge problem. You need to know, and it continues to be a footnote in the mainstream media, and we can't turn our heads away. No, we can't. We have to. We have to speak it. So, right. in any case, and parents of autistic children less likely to have more kids. What a shock. Yeah, this is another one of those studies where I go, well, duh. The duh heard around the world, Yeah, the you duh. Say. You know, I, we were um, hoping to have a second child and we're trying to uh, get pregnant with a second child when Jem uh, descended into autism and we immediately made the choice to right. stop everything that we were trying to do to have a second child. Same so with me we, and Reed. Yeah. Although one, one consideration for us was because we were such late parents. Well, us too. Well, not... Not as late as us, well, my dear friend, 46 <laughs> and 57, becoming well, first-time parents. But, but at any rate, we did want to have other adopt other children, yeah. and we put a screeching halt to that one because we felt like we just didn't have the resources yeah. to have another child. Yeah, we are just now revisiting uh, and, and hoping to adopt, uh -huh. um, that, that we would like to do that now. But I think that for a lot of parents, I am always, I want to hug parents who their first child had autism. And and they fearlessly went ahead and got pregnant too. with a second child and say to you, you know, God bless you that you you were willing to go there again. I we just were so concerned and we didn't think As we had the we. resources. So I think this is a duh, but we, we now have it confirmed. We have a con the parents are, are are less likely to get uh, well, pregnant again. You know, and I heard Jenny McCarthy say on the air, uh, I think her interview on her famous interview on Oprah, she said, you know, I'm done. 
Yeah. She said, this was enough for me. This, this, you know, Evan, her one child, she said, I could not conceivably take on another child with everything I had to deal with with this. Yeah. And uh, doesn't mean that some parents can't. Right. And it doesn't mean that oftentimes siblings can be enormously helpful Absolutely. for a child with autism. We've heard so many great stories about how a sibling has really yeah. helped the child model up. But anyway, to each his own, but it is confirmed. Yes. Um, and here's another one that is no surprise, autism not not the only neurodevelopmental disorder on the rise. The growing prevalence of autism is no different than that of other neurodevelopmental disorders. And this was in European Child and Adolescent Psychiatry. And they have found that um, hyperactivity, ADD, obsessive compulsive, Tourette syndrome, uh, up in Denmark, Finland, Sweden, Western Australia, um, there is a huge amount of other developmental delays and what we can, I think, once again point to is uh, epigenetics, uh, genes, oh, yeah. you know. I uh, want to go right back to the first story that we did, which was the pesticides. Right, the pesticides. I mean, if you look at what, uh, what the studies that have been done on organophosphates, if you have children who have ADD and ADHD, you want to particularly be paying attention to those right. organophosphates because they have been linked to both of those things as well. Right. Uh, and, and when you find out how an organophosphate works, all of the pistons go off in your brain and you go, oh, well, no wonder. Yeah. No wonder. Yeah. Uh, I've, I spent years thinking that pesticides, if it was a pesticide, it meant it killed the bug. Mm -hmm. uh, that's not what organophosphate does. What organophosphate does is it, it, it disrupts the neurotransmitters in the bug's brain mm -hmm. and makes its legs go spastic ah. until it gets to the point where it freezes. Okay. And then it dies because it can't feed itself. Oh. Why do we think that it doesn't have any effect on us? Uh, you know, I, I, I asked those questions, and if I had the answer, I'd be a, a multi-gazillionaire. That's right. Whatever. I wish that for you. Okay. So I can <laughs> right. help more kids with autism. Yes, there we go. Okay. Uh, thank you for cleaning up my pile, too. There we, we got through all of our stories. So great guest that we have with us today. Susan We've had Campbell Cross, our lifestyle expert. You yes. know, I'm so happy this morning coming in knowing I was going to be with you, too, because you're two of my favorite people. In the well, world. and I feel the same way. She gives us so many practical things. I've been doing some of the things that she told us to do with our vegetables so that mm -hmm. I use my vegetables up more in oh, our good. refrigerator. I haven't done that uh, yet. I have, and it's been, on the weeks that I do it, I find that I spend less money and I use more produce and we eat better. Sure. On the weeks that I don't, I throw slimy things away the week oh, after. Okay. So uh, Susan's going to be here with us talking about helpful tips some for the tips. summer. And we're going to share some recipes, although yes. I left my bag with all of my cans of the different things at home. I had a prop that I left in my office, but I'll talk about it here because well, it's going to make I'll you crack up. Well, I guess I'll just talk about the ingredients because yeah, we'll, we'll I had everything laid out so beautifully. Beautifully, and I uh, put it in a, you we'll know, a little blog. bag. We'll put it. We'll take a picture and we'll make a blog. Out okay, of it. I do have a picture of the recipes. finished project. I have to send that to Emily okay. so she can put it up. Okay. All right. Very excited. All right. Uh, we'll be back with Susan Campbell Cross, lifestyle expert. <laughs> Hi, this is Lisa Ackerman. Welcome back to Talk of Facts. Frequently asked questions and answers for the autism journey. Now, this one is specifically for teens and adults with autism. I get this question all the time, what's new and exciting in the medical world uh, today for teens and adults with autism? So let's talk about them. TMS, Transmagnetic Stimulation Therapy, is something that is really exciting. Um, I met with the author, John Robeson, look me in the eye. He's a, a gentleman with Asperger's and something I hope all of our kids to strive and grow up and be just like him. He's amazing. 
He talked about TMS therapy and how he became more social aware, his smile was more natural, and I definitely can better understand things around him in those social settings. Another really great treatment um, that we're seeing just a ton of research on in the last three years is cerebral folate autoimmunity. You know, in the 90s, they started putting folate in all of our different foods and products. Well, some people they have found out, and specifically a high percentage of children with autism, don't process folate like what, how they should. Go figure, they don't do it the way the books say it's gonna happen. So cerebral folate autoimmunity is just a really exciting new therapeutic to work with your physician on and to look to see if your child is a candidate for that therapy. And another common thing that we're seeing in teens and adults, and we've talked about it before in Facts, is seizures. Very serious issue that needs to be looked at. Um, abnormal brain waves or brain patterns or epileptic activity in the brain definitely needs to be addressed in children with autism. Again, I'm not a doctor, but I know doctors that can go through and work and look at the, the child and perform a 24-hour EG. What they're finding with some of these anticonvulsant or seizure medications is kids start to make great gains in speech, cognition, sleep, learning, by treating any type of seizure activity. So, and the other issue is pandas, not the cute fuzzy bears that we see in the zoo, uh, but an issue that is happening with a lot of teens and adults on the spectrum, where you see a dramatic change in behaviors um, with these individuals, and often they have an inappropriate immune response. Taka has a great white paper, so you can go look up in the pandas definition, what to test and treat for and talk to your doctor about, but know that if you see an extreme swing in behavior with a child um, that goes from one place to a very negative place, we're seeing a lot of uh, teens positively responding to treatments for pandas. Uh, and the last tr treatment I wanted to talk about, um, and I'm super excited about, and this happens to not just work with younger kids on the autism spectrum, but also older children on the spectrum, teens and adults, it's called mendability. Um, and a great study just came out of UCI in May 2013 about a multi-sensory approach uh, for individuals with autism. The whole premise behind the therapy uh, is very simple, making it a sensory rich environment so neural connections can make new pathways or at least connect in that individual. So kids with sensory issues, uh, auditory listening issues, uh, speech issues, they seem to really just respond to mendability, and uh, I was so excited to see that new research. More research is being done on it, and the beautiful, beautiful part about mendability is it's something parents can do on their own, administer with their child, and be uh, connected to their kid as partners in the autism journey. Don't forget in any therapy or medical intervention to work with your physician and to do proper testing to know what your child needs and what treatments to pursue under a physician's care. So there's so many new things I could go on for hours about new treatments and excitement, but there's the top ones that just have me so geeked here. But that's another talk of fact. Thanks for joining me and we'll see you next time and on Real Journey, Real Questions and Answers to help your autism journey. Welcome back. <laughs> Let's talk autism with Shannon and Nancy, caught. our very special <laughs>
You don't have to hold the tea. You don't have to hold the ice tea. We have all these tea. things on the desk. Mm -hmm. uh, we're having so much fun here today. Yes, we are. Uh, but in any case, our very special guest who's here with us in the studio right now is Susan Campbell-Cross. She is a lifestyle guru, really. We all want to follow her <laughs> and do all the things that she does in life because she's amazing and she makes things easier for all of us. So thank you for being here and welcome thank back. You. Thank you for having me. I love visiting with you guys. This we is my favorite you. thing to do. We love having you. Thank you. Well, that I like out. your tangerine. Oh, orange. yes. Thank yeah, you. You I, always come in and look so pretty I can and block fresh. traffic out there. You won't lose <laughs> me in a crowd. But it's summer and we're talking summer. So I thought I'd wear something bright and, and summer sunlight. I love it. I love it. I love it. You look great. Thanks. So you are going to give us some tips on how to make our summer sensational. And I think number one is the best. Oh, Kiss. Good. Now, I know I've given you guys this tip before, but okay. I will preach this tip till the cows come home. Keep it simple, sweetheart. <laughs> or keep it simple, stupid. Either way, the most important thing that you can do, and I think more so for kids, um, special needs kids' families, you really need to keep it as simple as possible. There's no need to make things more complicated than they need to be. And my best advice is if you're if you're making activities and things to do, try to just stick to one main one per day. There's absolutely no rule book that says that you are required to fill up every minute of every day running from thing to thing to thing to thing. It's exhausting. It's exhausting for the kids and it's exhausting for you. And if you take a vacation, same rule applies. You don't need to do every sightseeing thing that's available. You don't need to sign up for every activity. Try to just focus on one fun thing per day and then, you know, be open. And if there's time and everyone's in the mood and you want to slip in something additional, fine. But you won't feel like you have to and then you won't feel guilty if you don't or if it doesn't work out. I agree because oftentimes you come home more exhausted than yeah. relaxed. And that's usually in, in the case of the Jackson family that we overdid it. Overpacked. No, never. Overpacked. <laughs> uh, you know, I remember the first year we traveled with Wyatt, we took everything known to man. We took the big playpen. We took every electronic mm -hmm. device. We took uh, golf clubs for my husband, who never played golf once. We, you know, we were back for an East Coast trip. We also visited like five different cities. Mm -hmm. We ended up shipping half of our stuff back in the middle of the vacation mm -hmm. because it was just so overwhelming and as light as you can go as yeah. simple as you can go and oftentimes as they say just like a baby is happier with a set of uh, spoons and pots and pans exactly. sometimes vacations the same way yeah. Yeah. Um, just keep it simple exactly and yes. so uh, how about a, a second tip all right my, my second tip is make a summertime schedule. Just because it's summer, it doesn't mean that you have to throw all routine out the window, but it does mean that you wanna maybe adjust and make the routine more fun and lighthearted. And one great way to do this is to make theme days out of the days of the week. Because I know for kids with autism, from, from what you've told me and from my other friends that have kids on the spectrum, it's really important to have a schedule and, and you know a routine right. that they know ahead of time what's gonna be happen, mm -hmm. happening, that they can plan for that and count on that. Mm -hmm. and I think that um, I just know my own kids have gone to summer camps and they always have these theme days mm -hmm. like pajama day yeah. or taco Tuesday or whatever the theme is and you can come up with some fun ideas brainstorm with your kids even yeah. plan it out ahead of time again you don't need to do 20 different things for the theme no but like let's say you have movie Monday you can pick out one of their favorite DVDs make popcorn get settled in with your special 
you know, loveys and your blankets and mm -hmm. watch that movie and that's, it makes it a special yeah, thing. It makes it night. a little tradition. Yeah. It makes it something to look forward to, something they can plan on and count on. And it just keeps it fun. It, and you can post that anywhere in the house, a, a little, you know, you can print it out on your calendar and the kids can, you know, check it off when they've done that day of the week. Wyatt likes to make his own schedule in the morning. Love that's it. cool. Yeah, he makes his own schedule. We do it together. He writes it down and then we know what we're doing every, and we do morning schedule. We do day schedule and we do night schedule. Excellent. And we also last week um, shared, we made a template for a summer schedule that you can oh. fill things in and oh, they come good. in different colors. Great. Um, and so people can download that on our Facebook. We put it up okay. last week and they, can, right. and they can customize it and come up with summer goals and everything and do exactly that. Yeah, it okay. can be a lot of fun. Yeah. Watermelon Wednesday, right. you know. Yeah. And I a mean, schedule for dinners. If, you, if moms yeah. have a schedule for dinners, we do, um, and we'll be talking about food later. We do pizza one night a week or mm -hmm. one day a week. And then we have some other favorite recipes that we do, you know, certain nights of the week. And then Wyatt really looks forward to that. So, yes. yeah. So it that's will all ease good. them back into the routine of school when fall rolls around. And it rolls around quick. I don't know about you guys, but it seems oh. to me that I every year summer comes. We're going to be in July. I know. It's, yeah. And this summer comes summer faster and faster. And then the school starts faster and faster. It, it does. It feels very short. Probably because yeah. we're having fun, which is yeah. good. Yeah. But if you don't have any kind of routine, going it can be chaos when school starts yes really we'll keep on that routine I agree mm -hmm. with you very important yeah so we're gonna take a break and we're gonna come back to to have some more tips we've got like three more tips from you and then we're gonna be sharing a few summer recipes that we like yes really fun so All stick right. with us hello activists I've been sharing with you my 10 steps of empowerment for parents of children with autism. Now I'd like to share with you something that I read when my spirits get down from time to time. It's called Anyway. People are unreasonable, illogical, and self-centered. Love them anyway. If you do good, people will accuse you of selfish, ulterior motives. Do good anyway. If you are successful, you will win false and true enemies succeed anyway. The good you do will be forgotten tomorrow. Do good anyway. Honesty and frankness make you vulnerable. Be honest and frank anyway. When you spend years building, it may be destroyed overnight. Build anyway. People really need help but may attack you if you help them. Help people anyway. Give the world the best you've got and you'll get kicked in the teeth. Give the world the best you've got anyway. That's not from some self-help guru. That's from a sign hanging on the wall of the children's home in Calcutta where Mother Teresa ministered to the poorest of the poor. I'd like to say that the world of autism can be a very challenging and daunting one. But do the best you can to live in it and love in it to the fullest. Live it anyway. Welcome back. We're ready this time. We are. <laughs> I can't hear our director today. For so we have technical glitches. So when and we come I'm back and I've better. got my iced tea and I'm down here <laughs> or I'm fixing my hair, that's what's going on. <laughs> So we're all among friends, so my dear, yes. dear friends, I'm so happy to be with you today. And Susan Campbell-Cross, our lifestyle expert, is here to share tips for summer. And we've already got KISS, keep it simple, however you want to say that last <laughs> one, uh, make a summertime schedule. And 
let's keep going. Well, my third tip is to me a no-brainer. We take a ton of pictures in my family, as you know, and I love posting pictures everywhere and sharing them with family. But if you can get your kids involved in capturing memories, that's such a fun activity for them to do, and it's a way for them to look back over the summer throughout the next school year even and have fun talking and remembering yeah. all the fun things that you did and even coming up with some ideas for the following summer. Um, so if they can take pictures, you can take pictures using your phone, get a disposable camera, they still make them. Yeah. Polaroids are a lot of right. fun, but just capture those memories. So whatever you're doing, your activity that day, your theme can be at home, backyard fun, filling up crazy little you know, water slides, right. slip and slides. Yeah. Just make sure you snap some photos of okay. everything that I you do. Now Wyatt doesn't know how to use an iPhone camera yet, does Jim? And, yeah, and he loves the old-fashioned kind of camera too. In okay. fact, it's one of my favorite distractors when we're someplace and I don't have something for him to do uh -huh. and I need to talk to somebody, I give him the camera and say, you take pictures. Okay. We already have one coffee table book that's just pictures that he took. They oh have, really? They have the most interesting okay. view yeah. you get to see things through their eyes exactly and we what we did at first was gave him one of the old cameras that mm -hmm. i had dropped and mm -hmm. so it doesn't completely you know cover the lens when right. it shuts off right. so if he drops it again it's not the end of my okay. world no, we, but I'm he putting, plays i'm putting on my list for why it's therapy program to teach him how to use my iphone camera because what he loves to do is go through my go photo gallery oh, yes and yes. he loves to go through that so mm -hmm. now we can do pictures that he takes now you go above and beyond with this well Okay, talk so about impressive. You know what? Tell I, us it what looks you do. impressive. It's it, not impressive at all. It looks more than impressive. Okay, tell us I what you do. I will do more than tell you. I will okay. show you. My family, whenever we away. take a vacation or a trip or do something really fun, I take a ton of pictures. My kids take a ton of pictures. We can upload them all into one folder. You can put that into your iPhotos. And you know you don't even have to do anything. You can actually have it autofill. You can create projects like this, which is, these are photo books. But you can also make slideshows, and the kids can pick out whatever their favorite songs are, whatever songs came up when they were looking at these pictures. Yeah. It's really a fun and creative thing you can do. You can make calendars that you can give out at Christmas time. So you literally created these. It, yes. And you have places you went along the way as well it. as pictures of yourself at all of these places. Yes, I have some great pictures And so you do this, which kids. program is this on this the computer? Became our, this, it's just on iPhoto. This one became our Christmas card. Wonderful. Isn't that gorgeous? Yeah, you there's know, you it was and Tamara. So exactly. Aaron, who's a big Actor Day supporter on your road trip. Yes. That you did. So, so much fun. I mean, you have you have lots of these. I do. I, I make one of these for every trip. And honestly, you don't even have to do it for a trip. You could make one per month. You know, you could, you know, depending on how many pictures you take, you could really make one right. every week if you wanted. And they make all sizes. You can do little paperback ones. They're right. very inexpensive. If you're really crunched for time, you could do as, i probably do it as just, you know, um, I would send my photos from my iPhone to my computer. I'd print them out and put them in a little paper thing. Right. You know what? Yeah. That was my next tip, actually, is get creative with what you do with the photos. So. Once you have all your photos, you don't have to do anything high-tech. If you're, if you're really not into high-tech or your kids don't really want to work on the computer, right. you can print them out really easily and then just have at it with a glue stick and some scissors. You know, you can create collages. Yes. You can also... Scrapbooking. Yes. Yep. You can repurpose your old magazines, yep. you know, and you can actually... This is my favorite since I am a writer, as you know. 
Make up a fun story with your kids. Let their creative juices flow. We call that about social stories. Yes. Well, you can make a social story, and then they can illustrate that story with their pictures of themselves, Love it. their pets, their families, the activities that they've done over the summer, mm -hmm. and anything that they need to add in, they can just cut out of a magazine. And it's a really fun thing. Hey, you know what? Let's see if we can find 10 pictures of dogs, right. you know, or whatever the activity is. But it really is fun, creative, and it's a great bonding experience to create something together. And also, you know, it is, again, with the memories. It's just, it's, yeah. I mean, I, I'm telling you, I'm a little bit, you know, sentimental right now because my daughter next month is turning 20. Oh, mm -hmm. my goodness. So I love to say, oh, I have three teenagers. I'm only going to have two teenagers because my daughter is such a young woman already. Yeah. And she's going into her junior year at Tulane. I cannot, it's mind-blowing to me. I cannot believe that I have an adult daughter right and then I say that when my next kid down is turning 18 in November so oh my, goodness. my favorite thing to do when I'm having one of those bittersweet oh my gosh look how big they are moments is go back and pull out my photo books and if I'd left them all on the memory sticks in the cameras or if I'd never bothered to print them out or anything I wouldn't have anything to look at and yeah. it really does make me feel better to know that I can go back and I can see how far they've come too right. which is another amazing thing when you capture the moments and the memories as they happen years to come you can really see what a difference and, and that's true for video as well so if you are handy with video I think that you said that you've made montage video yes. things for the holidays. You can yeah. make them any time. You really don't have yeah. to wait for the holidays. And, and it's a great activity for a rainy day, too. Because, you right. know, I mean, lucky us to live in Los Angeles. But there are people who are, you know, in the middle of rainstorms as we speak. And they're mm -hmm. sitting there yes. bored. And, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do to fill up this day? Don't worry. Just go break out your photos yeah. and get your kids around you and talk about memories and make yeah. some fun projects. And well, it's, so, it's so interesting that you bring this up because it's so important to do that with our kids on the spectrum. It is. It helps them to remember. A lot of times with their working memory. Are you getting emotional again? Oh, I'm always emotional. I'm always emotional. <laughs> it helps them to for their working memory to be able to say, this is what we did last summer. Yes, to right, be able it does. To episodic memory it does. is very, very useful. And can mm -hmm. I point out that it yeah. helps them for upcoming trips. Yes. yes. Um, it, as I've said here on the show before, in, at the end of July, beginning of August, we're going back for the All Spa Family reunion, uh, which will mark the 100th anniversary of Diddy and Pappy's wedding, wow. which is my father's mother and father, who started <laughs> the all Diddy and Pappy. Camp. Gotta love that. You can Southern. make a book just with that. Winston, yes. Diddy and Pappy. Winston Salem, North Carolina. <laughs> love it. And I know there are plans. My cousin Doug is taking on the challenge of putting together the video. Yeah. And so he's asked for songs, suggestions, and photographs. So I'm going to be going back and taking my iPhone, photographing a lot of old photos that aren't you know saved electronically sending them to him he wants some great song suggestions mm -hmm. so I've already got in my mind I'm going to Carolina James yeah. Taylor oh, perfect. shower the people you know I with love, love. and then I heard one on the radio today Daughtry I'm coming home oh yes. I'm gonna cry oh I, I love was, it I was crying yeah, yeah. I was crying listening to the song. I'm like, I've got to have that at the reunion. Oh, so yeah. it's a great way to put together uh, a keepsake. You know, you yes. can do a book for an experience. And also, I'm going to get Wyatt ready because he doesn't know mm -hmm. any of these people. Right. He hasn't seen them since Oh, he was you know, two. that's so perfect because yes. you can actually add titles. You could make a slideshow. He can pick out music. You can put the titles with everybody's names and yeah. he can start familiarizing right. himself and he'll understand right. who everyone is in relation Slide to. Slideshow, I'm not there yet. I'm just oh. going to show him some photos. Oh, I'm going to show you. Yes. <laughs> But yes, I'm going to show can... you how to scan your photos yes. instead of taking photos of your old photos. You okay. can do that, yes. but scanning will make them last longer and okay. in better shape. Okay, That's I'll true. take all the help I can get. Okay. And then um, 
I have yeah, no idea. I'm gonna do, wait a minute, I'm oh. gonna do a social story because Wyatt doesn't like to fly anymore. Oh. So I'm gonna do a whole social story on how we're getting on the plane and we're going to Winston-Salem where mommy was born and we're gonna meet a lot of the people, his cousins and uh -huh. aunts and uncles he's never met. And then we'll talk about the whole process. Then we're going back, we're, we've got a cabin in the mountains mm -hmm. where mommy went to Girl Scout camp oh. every year. And it's just gonna be a one, I'm so looking forward to it. I'm gonna probably be crying the whole time I'm there. Oh, sure. it's gonna be wonderful though. <laughs> That'll be fun. You know, I just the thought that I had come up right when we were just talking. Um, what if Wyatt made a book of the of the reunion at the reunion? Like he could have that as a job to do. Yeah. If he knows that he's going to find, and you could give him a, a you know a list of each person that he's looking for, mm -hmm. and then he'll find them and get their picture and maybe ask them two questions: What's your favorite this or you know? And Love then it. he can make a book. It's a job. Yeah, yeah, it gives him a job to do. Yeah. Honestly, I think sometimes that holds kids, you know, focus and helps them to stay in the moment of what's yeah, actually right. happening and connected to the activity that everyone is enjoying together. And if they have like a role to play kind yeah, of. Yeah, I think that's, you know, that's, I don't know that why I could do that on his own. However, I think I was a very, very bright in emailing my list of relatives and saying, as Perfect. all of you know, why it's on the autism Perfect. spectrum. And uh, in my family, we have a lot of ministers and judges and lawyers. I don't know, everybody down there in North Carolina, they seem to be either ministering or judging. But <laughs> But um, I said, could, I said to the minister side of it, do you have anybody from your church, an older teen, that could accompany uh -huh. Wyatt the Great. day of the family reunion? Because that's going to be a crazy day. We're going right. to be there's going to be all kinds of music, performances, storytelling, right. and for him to stay engaged during that time. Yeah. So I'm looking for like, you know, a, a 16 to 20 year old yes. from the church to come help. So good idea. I, I think that's an idea that all parents can use. If you're going Absolutely. somewhere, call ahead. Say. Do you have anybody in the neighborhood? Do you have anybody at your church? Do you have anybody in your autism groups that could help yeah, while we're there? Absolutely. So. Good, good idea. We're full of good ideas. I know. Yeah. Okay. So, recipes? Do, are we ready to talk about recipes? Or well, we haven't really I have, talked wow. about taking yeah, a break I have one last really important. Now, this this is my favorite tip of all because yes. it's so important. you got to take a break. When you're yeah. scheduling and planning activities and we're all brainstorming and trying to find ways to fill up the day and make sure our kids are happy and having fun. But you know, we forget as moms, we forget that we also need to have time. And in the summer, it's next to impossible because those hours when kids are at school, we really count on that as yeah. you know, to get our things done you know, the things we have to do, but also anything that we want to do. But all of a sudden, there they are 24-7, and we are on call 24-7. And if you don't put it into your calendar, it's very likely that it will never happen for you. You won't get a haircut this summer. You won't, right. you know, if you needed to, you know, not just things you have to do, but really more importantly even is things that you really would like to do. Yeah. Meeting a girlfriend for lunch. Treat, you and like I managed we did to yesterday, do yesterday. We talked about work the whole yeah, time. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> no, but you know what, though, we love it. So we that's talked fine. about other things, too. But, but even it was a great way. Way, you know, book. We, right, yeah. right. Yeah. We were talking about the Denim and Diamonds fundraiser coming up. Susan oh, yeah. got the Golden Cowgirl Award last yes. year for all of her work for Act Today. And we were talking about, you know, some other ideas for this year's event. It's going to be epic. Yes. If you have not bought your tickets, it's going to be Go epic. on the website. Yes. You do not want to miss it. Denim this. and Diamonds for it's Autism. It's better every year. It does. I mean, and I'm saying that with all sincerity. Yeah. It, it, since I've been coming anyways, my, I've noticed. Every year it's bigger, better, more glamorous, more amazing red carpet action, more delicious food, more meaningful, emotional video tributes. It just, it's just a, such a meaningful special night for everybody. Yes. Um, well, it is going to be well, a great. Well, it's true. I mean, it's, it's easy to be that when it's, it's true. It's October 19th, and we're going to be talking about it more on the show yes. as, as it comes Looking up. Looking forward to it. Because a lot of people that are our uh, viewers can't go because they're all around the world. But they can but watch they can the amazing share, video. They can watch the video, and they can know it's going mm -hmm. to fund care and treatment for children.
dinner with yes, autism, which is great. But we did have a nice lunch yesterday. Yes. And it's important to make dates with your girlfriends. We're having a working yes, lunch today. We are today. That's but I, well, something that you just brought up uh, that made me think that for both of us, a lot of this summer, we have dads that are home with our kids. While we're, while <laughs> so you have we're, another kid. While we're out <laughs> running and, yeah. and doing whatever. And, I, and it just dawned on me that when I have been in that position, how when my husband has come home, I really like to break and, uh, you know, just something oh, yeah. in 10 yes. minutes. Yeah. And then I need to be giving that to my husband. I need to be mm. giving that to Reed as well. And I didn't, I hadn't thought about that. I tend to take the break for myself because I've been working all day. Right. <laughs> I come home and I want a break, but I know, you they know, need a break it's too. intense when you're it's, uh, home for eight hours with a child on the spectrum. I can't, I can't, I don't, my hat is off to you. I, I know it's got to be extremely, extraordinarily challenging. And I'm so in awe and full of admiration for the, the moms and dads that make it happen so that their kids reach the potential that they deserve to reach and oh, they can you. hold it together that. and well, she's they seen deserve a lot of to take yes. the time. Yeah. I called Absolutely. her yesterday. I said I've had a really, you know, Wyatt had a very difficult morning prior to his therapist coming. He was, it was all whining, all oppositional behavior, borderline tantrum, escalation, escalation. And, uh, you know, I called Susan and I said, oh, this morning has not been a good one. So start, rewind. Right. Drop a pin in the moment right now right. and move forward. Mm -hmm. And if you honestly, if you pull your calendar out and plan it ahead, it's more likely to happen. Yeah. Yes. Trading time off with your partner is great. Soliciting friends and family so that you can have Absolutely. time with your partner, also mm -hmm. really important. And if you honestly cannot get that from the outside, Put the kids to bed a little early if you can. Yeah. You know, get up a little early. I'm a morning person, mm -hmm. not a night person. So what I found is, you know, if my kids are going to sleep a little bit later in the summer, I get up about a half an hour to an hour prior right. to when I think they're going to get up, yeah. just so I can sit in peace with my coffee and read a book if I want, yeah. and take that little bit of time so that I can start my day balanced yeah. and it, calm it and makes ready. Makes a huge difference. I did. You'll be morning. a better mom. It's not selfish. Self care. Yes. It's not selfish. If I don't do my morning prayer and meditation, yeah. the minute I get out of bed, it may not get done. So I do it the first thing. I set yeah. aside 15 minutes for that. Yeah, these okay, are that important was really, things. Yeah. My last big tip. <laughs> we should take a short break and then and come, we'll come back, back and talk recipes. Recipes. Yeah. Oh, All right, okay. so we'll be right back yeah. after these messages. What is autism? 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 I've been asking myself that for a very, very long time. Um, let me think about that one. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to uh, just. Uh, Jeez. Let me think. <laughs> oh man, that's a tough one. Yes. Uh, autism. Uh, uh. Autism is a neurological disorder that affects many of our kids in different ways. It's a learning disability that affects the cognitive functions of the brain. A lot of people have the misconception that it's a disability, and it's really not. I look at it as like a special gift. When one person thinks differently from another, it's an opportunity for everyone to learn to understand someone that's a little different than them. Autism is the ability to educate. They're given so much talent in different areas. To me, autism means a chance to be with and be around people you really care about. Autism is beautiful. It's a way of seeing the world differently. It's always unique, totally intelligent, and sometimes mysterious. Happiness that, that, that comes out of my um, son's um, hard work. It's a movement. Unpredictable. That's right. Awesome. Love. The field I want to work in. Laughter. Fun. Joy. Autism is beautiful to me. I want you to remember these three words. There is hope.
Welcome back to Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy and Susan. And we are talking about ways we can maintain our sanity over the summer, ways we can schedule <laughs> time for ourselves and, and make it enjoyable. Same is good. Same, Same is, is good. Very good. Enjoyable Same is, very good. is even better. It beats better. the alternative. Yeah, yeah right. it does. So we were talking about recipes. Yes. Now, I modified a recipe that was on the back of, I think, Mission Tortillas. Awesome. And it has become Wyatt's very favorite. I have modified it to be gluten-free and dairy-free. I think it was gluten-free from the beginning. So we call it Wyatt's Tex-Mex casserole. And we're going to post this on... We're going to make it a, the recipe available to you. We're going to uh, uh, do a Pinterest pin, but you're going to have to sign up for the newsletter to get it. To get it. Okay. So there, there it is. So here's what you need. You need one pound of ground beef or ground turkey, okay. or you can use the vegan yeah. ground okay. stuff if you're a vegan. But a lot of that stuff's not gluten-free. Right. So I, I prefer the organic ground beef or organic turkey. And then one cup chopped onion and tomato mixed. One, uh, some corn tortilla triangles, okay, we all eat those. Mm -hmm. um, one small can of red enchilada sauce. One small can black olives, you know, the rounds. Oh, yeah. Uh, one small can green chilies. Um, and here's the cheese part, the, the fake cheese part. <laughs> I use one half cup tofuti cream cheese. I don't know if your grocer has it. This is optional, the okay. tofuti cream cheese. One half cup cubed non-dairy American or cheddar cheese. Daya is great. Mm -hmm. You can also use the tofuti American strips. Okay. And then one quarter cup rice, soy, or almond milk. So you saute the beef with the one cup chopped onion and chopped tomato, and you set that aside. Then you layer in a greased casserole dish a layer of the tortillas, okay. okay? Then you put a can of the refried beans over that. Then you layer the corn tortillas again, and you pour a little of the enchilada sauce over it. Then you take the cooked beef, tomato, and onion mixture, you lay that down, and then you lay another corn tortilla triangle over that, Pour a little of the enchilada sauce. Then you take the cream, the cheese mixture, which is now creamy. You take a saucepan. You put the one half cup tofuti cream cheese, if you have it, the one half cup cubed cheddar cheese or American cheese, and then the one quarter cup rice on their soy milk. You mix that up. Mm -hmm. You pour that all over the casserole. Then you decorate. Wyatt loves to make faces with, oh. the, with the olives <laughs> and the green chilies. And then you bake that at 350 for 45 minutes. And do we have a pic? Yum. Wow. That Yum. That Very looks good. so good. And let me tell you, I served this to Wyatt, my husband, and my husband's <clears throat> friend who was visiting. The entire thing was gone. It said it feeds six. There were three of us. Uh -huh. And I took a Southwest-style salad. Uh -huh. I took corn uh, tortilla strips, uh, corn, fresh corn salad, and mixed that with a, a gluten-free, dairy-free dressing and put some tortilla chips on the side. It was gone. And <laughs> they said it was one of the best meals they've ever had. We now have had it like once a week. Love it. So, so uh, double it up if you're making that for a crowd? It, it, well... If, if three people ate enough for uh, that was enough for six, just so double, double it up. Yeah. And you could take this to a party and have your kid eat it. And Sounds I don't know great. a kid that would turn this down. Does so. that freeze? It sounds like something you could oh, actually. Oh, sure. I'm sure you could freeze You could double the recipe yeah. if you weren't having company and just pop one in the freezer for Absolutely. a quick, you know, Sounds pull it delish. out, throw it in Absolutely. the oven anytime you're yeah. in a rush. Yeah. 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 I can't wait to make this. Right. Yeah, now, you made Jim an amazing fruit 
cake yeah. for his birthday. Uh, you know, he's GFCF, mm -hmm. and uh, cake is always a difficulty oh, for his birthday. Right. And, I, and I've tried so many different things. And this year, I decided I, I, he loves watermelon and he loves okay. pineapple. Okay. Fruit is a big treat to him. Okay, Wyatt does not like fruit. You're lucky. Well, and, and I think, you know, he will negotiate for fruit, <laughs> but part of it is because he doesn't have sugar, and right. so that's his sugar. Okay. It's that, the way other kids ask for candy. Yeah. He asks for fruit. Okay. So uh, it was so super simple. I'd seen a bunch of different things. I love Pinterest, and I'd seen a bunch of different things, but I kind of just morphed it into what I had and what I wanted to do. I just cut a watermelon in two thick, thick slices and took the rind off. I, I have one of those handy-dandy oh. pineapple core things that you stick on top of the pineapple and you just turn, mm -hmm. and, it, and it makes the circle all the way down so simple. You never you have to peel another pineapple. Okay. Oh, my gosh. So great. I think I got mine from Avon. How crazy is that? Okay. From Avon. Wow. And it works great. So simple. Anybody, like your kid could do it. Jen right. loves to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and so I cut the pineapple circles in half. Okay. And uh, decorated, put them in between the two watermelon slices on mm -hmm. the top and around. Awesome. Oh, and then cute. threw some raspberries on and then oh, put the candles on. Oh, my gosh. And that, that is took me, it took me maybe four minutes from top to bottom to throw that together. It's so pretty. And so I would serve that even if I did adult gluten-free. Well, no, and I we ended up, a, you could throw a little vodka on that. I'm just <laughs> saying, vodka. I'm just Grand saying a grown-up yeah. or a grown-up party. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, how beautiful is I that? And, it, and, it. It, and honestly, you know, it was one of those things where I didn't know how it was going to look, but it came out looking great. Oh, and gorgeous. so we, beautiful. and when we had Jem's birthday well, party. you put it on Facebook, I said, I'm impressed. And you're well, like, don't so be. <laughs> yeah, you I said, I can't, I can't keep up with you. And I was like, what are you talking about? It took seven seconds. <laughs> and so we made it for a party and everybody, you know, people who aren't GFC, if they're like, give me a piece right. of that watermelon cake. Yeah. So and they cute. showed me, there are some people who will frost it with a coconut milk uh, icing oh, uh, with a little I bit of sugar. I just read a recipe Ooh. for making whipped cream out of, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forward that to you. I just read a dairy-free recipe for whipped cream that involved coconut milk, and I'm not sure if they added coconut oil as well, uh -huh. but they added a little bit of cinnamon, a little bit of okay. vanilla, and it actually foams into whipped yeah. cream, yeah. and they said it's better than regular whipped cream. Right, and they frosted it. it with it. They were showing me pictures at the party gorgeous. and decorating it with kiwis. And it oh, We make I our pumpkin that. pie every Thanksgiving with coconut milk. There you okay. go. We take the canned coconut right. and the coconut milk, and that's oh. how we make our pumpkin pie. Okay. Wow, cool. yeah. what a great idea. Yeah. It's so good for you, too. I know, yeah. I know. Yeah, very healthy. So you had skin. some, some oh. ideas, too. Mine are so easy, though. They're not yeah. really That's good. That's recipes. what we want. No, we want well, that's not a recipe. We want I actually easy. was thinking about this when you mentioned that Wyatt doesn't like fruit. I have a son who always hated certain fruits, and it was the texture. Texture. It wasn't it's the, a sensory. He loves sweets. Yeah. Yeah, it's the texture. Oh, yeah. Wyatt loves sweets. And he's typical. So, I mean, you know, I mean, I can only imagine. It's like a thousand times harder when you have kids that are on the spectrum to figure out ways to get around things like that. But one thing that I found when he was little that worked really well was that we would puree fruit and pour it into these amazing popsicle molds. They have them, you can get them anywhere now, but William yeah. Sonoma has a great set. I actually saw the same set at TJ Maxx recently. Okay. Um, but you can freeze them. They have them now where they are quick freeze, so uh -huh. it's very fast. They don't have to wait long at all. Yeah. And they can make their own. Pureed watermelon makes a really good one. Yeah. Strawberries, you can blend them, put blueberries and strawberries, and you can sneak some veggies in. I, I, yeah. don't, no, you can. Don't tell anybody about right. this, but... Yeah. 
you can sneak some veggies in there. Of course if you, you have can. a kid that is like, I don't want that, it's spinach, they right. are not going to notice if it's in there with grapes and No, you're right. Things. You're absolutely right. Yeah, and it's a way, you know, a fun treat that they can help make, mm -hmm. and it's a great way for them to get vitamins and not end up eating the sugars and the dyes and all yes. that, the preservatives, and I don't even, if you can't pronounce it, you shouldn't be eating it. I agree. And I don't even They say if your you grandmother wouldn't recognize it as food, don't eat it. Exactly. We, we love to make popsicles, and right now is blood orange season. Oh, mm. they're delicious. And so, blood oranges, and it, which makes it very that. red. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not uh, but for we, kids. Instead, we put like a flavored bubble water in so that it's not as much fruit, but it's oh, okay. a full popsicle mm -hmm. and um, blood orange, and it's bright red. Mm. Uh, all the kids think you're having, you know, all the colors that we don't want our kids right. to have. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I brought, but I, I can't believe I, I left it in my office. I brought to bring you guys my vegetti. Oh. And <laughs> Okay, that I know. needs a and little we make, explanation. And we make all kinds of jokes in Can our I home, but I, I got this. No, <laughs> it's a tool, and it looks sort of like an hourglass. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can buy it at, like, all kinds of stores right now. It's everywhere in every store. And you take zucchini, and you it's called Veg Eddie because oh, you're veg making Eddie. spaghetti yes. out of vegetables. I love it. You put I the zucchini in one end, and you turn it, and it makes oh noodles gosh. that take two minutes to cook. And my child, who loves vegetables but will not eat a zucchini, eats these yeah. uh, zucchini noodles every day now. That's okay, I got so spaghetti easy. So where do you get the spaghetti? Yes. Into those little you, you can get it almost, and I, I keep saying I'm to my husband, because it. it goes in the dishwasher too, it's dishwasher right. safe, and I always say, what have you done with my vegetti? And then we all crack <laughs> up. Where's my vegetti? Has oh. anybody seen my vegetti? Uh, it's, it's a little silly. Even my child finds it hilariously okay. funny. Um, funny. But you can buy them at any, like the big box stores, they're at all of those. Okay. And you uh, can do zucchini, acorn squash. Well, acorn squash won't fit. It's got to be uh, things that are long and skinny. Uh, what about so cucumber for you cucumber can do salad? a cucumber. Squash. You can do carrots. Mm -hmm. um, oh, but the, the, the long zucchinis, the yeah. yellow the, ones, yeah, the young yellow work squash fabulously. and the, and the green zucchini. Yes. Wow. It's all very good. All right, got to get it. Probably Japanese eggplant. They're long. Okay. Yes, and I'm gonna know, get that for they sure. They even have at least they have it in LA at certain specialty stores. They have. Uh, dairy fruit, casein free Parmesan cheese now. Yes, oh, wow. yes, which is amazing. Stores. Which would yeah. be great on that. Yeah, we're we're right here at the end of the show. We got a little less than two minutes. Okay, but oh, uh, Stephanie's day. We were yeah, right. we wanted to very quickly um, tell you and tell our viewers about this amazing event that we went to last weekend, Stephanie's Day. Both of us were there. Wasn't it amazing? It's always great. Steve Malden, who you had on the show, yes, who amazing was a winner dad. of Act Today's Activist Award. Oh, look, there you and I are with a mom that we yes. met that day. So oh, fun to meet some yes. of the viewers. Uh, <laughs> and there is Areva Martin and her son so Marty fun. and her daughter Morgan. Areva, a great autism activist. There's the amazing oh. Amy Zhang with my little guy, Wyatt, at the oh. Act Today booth. So there they are. Yeah. I know. And there's Wyatt where you check in at Stephanie's Day and you put your handprint. Such a, so. a really great day. So many inspirational people were there and Stephanie was there. Yes. And it was so lovely Steve's to see her. Daughter. named for. Yes. And so, what a great service uh, Steve oh, does. Steve and, and his C wife and do. And CBS for giving us the backlog yeah. to be able to do that. Yeah. We met so thing. many families. That uh, say we, they love watching the show. So absolutely. we want to thank you yes. for your support. And we love meeting you. We love meeting the families. Nothing so, better than that. No, don't you think? there really isn't. It just, and we met some mm. new 
viewers there, people who hadn't heard of us before, um, but thrilled that you guys are a part of the family now. So we're out of time, but thank you so much for being oh, here. So Susan. Welcome. Thanks for it's having me. We're going to be back in two weeks, not here next week because okay. it's the 4th of July, but we'll be back in two weeks with an amazing guest. Vince, Vince Redmond's going to be with us. And talking we're going to be talking more about family travel, travel which yes. is always a big issue in my family. There's always a lot of yes. stress around but it. We're so. out of time. Don't forget Dr. Jonathan Tarbox and Dr. Adele Nadowski tomorrow. Until then, please give your kiddos a hug from me. And give yourselves a hug from me. Bye-bye for bye now. Bye-bye.